Hello and welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. If you're new to this channel, my name is Hussein. You can follow me at hkizvani on twitter.com. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Phoebe Roy. Uh, Phoebe, how's it going? Things things are looking beautiful. There is some spring blossom outside. Uh, it's not raining. I'm having a great time. Like the exact opposite of what's happening in South London right now, where there are no, where there is no, uh, no uh, spring anything because everything's concrete and it is and it has just started to rain. So there you go. Um, look, we are we're joined we're joined this week by um someone who I've been a fan of for like a while, but like recently um they put out a really good video on uh cryptocurrencies and NFTs. We aren't going to be talking about that in this episode, but just to check that out, uh, we're joined by the YouTuber and musician Mooncat. Uh, Mooncat, how's it going? Hi, it's great to be here. Um, yes, yeah, going great. Um, the sun is just about coming out here in Leeds as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Leeds, Leeds is a cool city. I like, I like, I like, uh, uh, I haven't been there for a while. Um, but for people who like don't know much about England, it will like just think about like, they, or, or, or whose knowledge of like the UK is based like on our tweets. Like, there are lots of other cities in the UK and a lot of them are really nice and Leeds is one of them. Um, we, this week, we are going to be talking about someone who I think we've mentioned a little bit. In previous episodes uh or at least like within the vein um the rise and grind poster but we are talking about the saint of the the patron saint of rise and grind uh gary vaynerchuk who uh mooncat you posted a very good video on uh a few months ago uh which will be in the show notes uh so we'll be talking a bit about that we'll talk about some of the things that he says about content in particular um but before that uh, mooncat because you this is your first time on our show uh, we usually start the show by talking about a post or uh, like a tweet or something that has kind of like lived rent free in our heads and it kind of has some relation to uh, the main, like the meat and potatoes. And uh, this time I have, uh, we've, we've, we've gone away from Twitter and we have gone into the uh, strange and bizarre world that is LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know how, if either of you are like how, how much time either of you spend on LinkedIn there are definitely some very strange posts on there but it's like really if you're a rising grind person it very much is the place for you to be um not least because when you post like your things about how you've read 100 books in a month and all those books are like different versions of rich dad poor dad like people won't make fun of you for that um so so i've got this i've got this linkedin post um i've got this linkedin post uh and i'm going to read it out and i sort of just want to get like some immediate reactions to it uh, whether you think actually it's a good point and I and I've like completely misread it. Um I have blanked out the name because we are trying to be a bit nicer on this show. Um so I'm gonna read this out. It says, never underestimate the impact of hustling. The Taliban was grinding for 20 years before they won. How do they do it? They put in the work. So many entrepreneurs call it quits when the going gets tough. Next time you're down on yourself, just imagine you're fighting a holy war. It doesn't matter if you're selling online courses, trading crypto or drop shipping. Never stop hustling. It doesn't matter. It takes 20 years. As long, it does, even if it takes 20 years, it doesn't matter as long as you win. Hustle 24-7 long enough and you will be successful. Um, look, now on the outset, I am kind of... But, you know, I, I, I don't... I don't so the, the account I got this from was from a uh, account called LinkedIn Flex. And like they purport to like find genuine LinkedIn posts that are like unhinged and um, post it. So... I am under the impression initially that this is very much a genuine post. However, the way that it reads doesn't feel like it. So I sort of wanted to get your guys like 
yeah, what do, what do you guys think about this? Um, are we being like trolled here? Uh, I hope we're being trolled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that has to be satire. It has to be. <laughs> I think it's real. I'm yeah, gonna come. I, I'm gonna come down hard on the side of I think this is real. And uh, I. I this this is the thing. Okay, first of all, I've got um I've got some I've got some questions. I'm just gonna just gonna chuck them out to the floor. All right. So for my first my first question is by uh by twenty years, this person is talking about. Do they mean the last twenty years since since the inv- since the sort of initial engagement with Afghanistan, or do they mean that they were indulging in the grind set for 20 years before 2001 because both of these time frames i think are i think are interesting in terms of in terms of understanding of geopolitical relations yeah it's a good point i mean my assumption is that they're sort of talking about like the taliban now right i imagine mm. that this is a post that probably emerges um, after the Taliban took control of Afghanistan, like when the when the US and like NATO troops moved out. Okay. Um, so the implication then is that from the moment of the kind of US and like NATO invasion up until now, um, the Taliban have been reading like Rise and Grind books uh-huh. in their spare, spare time and understanding the principles of management and project uh, project management. And this contributes to their military success. I see. Okay, that's my first question. Uh, my second, my second observation is just it. It doesn't. It doesn't seem so dissimilar from things that we know to be things that we know to be real. I just, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think someone thinks that they're making a very provocative. Uh, but also, but also, very smart and interesting point. Mm. I think I don't think it's I don't think it's satire because it's sort of unclear exactly what the what the subject of the satire is. But then again, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I've I've actually you know what I'm going to stick with my initial position, which is <laughs> it's completely real, um, and I uh, reject any attempt to tell me that it's not real. Uh, if you think that I've like fallen for it because I'm stupid, then um, then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dig my heels in even further. <laughs> no, no. If, if the if the onus is on them to prove that it's not real. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's what I when people are like, oh, this is fake. It's like, no, the onus is on you is to prove that it's fake. Otherwise, that's, it's that's real. correct. Yeah, yeah, and that's like a good way of managing information online. Um, Mooncat, you've done like a lot of stuff. You you've spent a lot of time like observing crypto bros, and um, I've seen like you know on your video, but also some of the posts that you've done. You've kind of spoken a little bit about like how a lot of crypto bros, um, and like the NFT guys, they they like to sort of think that they are in some type of like civilizational like mm. conflict in some ways or at least they are part of something bigger yeah. um it doesn't make so it makes sense that like they would kind of buy into these narratives so i sort of wondered what you thought about like just this idea of like comparing the taliban to like guys <laughs> who are who are who are shopping like uh board apes yeah i think um it all kind of like depends on what your um what your definition of that word at the end is win like what does winning mean <laughs> you know <laughs> And I find this to be a theme throughout a lot of like motivational memes, a lot of motivational speakers. It's like, 
you'll make it if you do this you win if you do this and it's like what what does that actually mean it's so vague like and I guess in the Taliban context it means something awful and you know in the motivational meme context it you know a lot of the times it means you win if you've made so much money that you're but you do that by sort of exploiting other people so Mm. (laughs) a lot of the time so i mean i guess there's there's parallels there um yeah Mm. i think it has to be it has to be kept vague because even though um even though the rise and grind corner of linkedin which there's such a there's such a kind of fruitful and productive corner like they um, when it comes to when it comes to content churn that like they're like they're they're you know nose to the grindstone they're clocking in at the at the post factory and all that kind of thing Mm. um i think what um what they mean by winning has to be deliberately kept vague because part of it has to, part of their success has to be to deny any structural or systemic or historical factors in anyone's life. It has to be, it has to be subject to explicit denial. And it does make it quite difficult to argue with them because if people say, well, there's no such thing as structure, there's no such thing as history, there's no such thing as society, then you thought there's not really a great deal that you can say to it other than, oh, Okay, I guess you. I guess I do have the same twenty-four hours in a day as you. That's, <laughs> I guess I do. So it sort of it sort of has to be kept vague, and maybe that's what's now leading me away from uh, away from my initial position of this is definitely real to this is definitely fake because it's actually too precise in yeah. in, in its compa- in its points of comparison, and mm. by necessity that the uh the rise and grind guys have to be like quite kind of imprecise and quite vague and fuzzy and so that's why there's um who was it there was um one of these guys who oh yeah no we talked about him on the show who who said something along the lines of no one no one ever criticizes you who is doing more with their life than than you and that's like one of those things where it's like that's quite a kind of vague and it's sort of quite a kind of comforting sentiment which doesn't yeah. bear up to any analysis or thinking it through mm. under any circumstances and that's sort of what the that's sort of what this kind of posting space relies on and i think the actual picking out of a point of comparison and then saying what the points of comparison are Suggest, suggest that it's actually a little bit too it's actually a little bit too particularized which suggests yeah. that it, it is it is a joke reaching a bit too close to the sun um but that yeah, being i said, think, they, I think uh, they flew too close to the sun yeah i think that's what that being said last year i did this thing and i'm sure like you saw it like one of my insufferable things where like i did do like a linkedin article about like what like seo managers can learn from like the joker right um, or, you know, those, those types of like LinkedIn articles that are designed to kind of, you know, they take, they take a kind of pop culture reference that's sort of like in vogue or like is always popular. And they're like, oh, this is how like, you know, five, five like business skills you can learn from this kind of character. Like, I think there was another one which related to like the Eyes Wide Shut party. And that did get <laughs> shared sincerely by someone from a crypto place being like, oh, I've never seen, I never thought about this movie uh, in this way before. I'm going to watch it now. Um, uh, with these points in mind, and I genuinely thought that this, like, this person was actually just like fucking around, that they knew it was a joke. But because my LinkedIn profile 
is like professional and looks somewhat serious. They very barely use it. I think they were under the impression that I was being serious as well. So there's also like this kind of like aesthetic crisis when it comes to doing these types of posts on LinkedIn, where even if you are trying to do satire, like because of the amount, because of like the way that communication works on there and because of like the aesthetics that inform that, it is very difficult for satire to actually land. Mm. If that makes sense. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a way. So it's like, even if this is satire, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily fruitful to like be doing that on LinkedIn um, when if it does, because like when it does get taken seriously, like what, what was the point of it? I don't know. I don't know. I think LinkedIn's a weird place, but I do think that it's a good, um, I mean, like, do we have anything else to say on it before we go on to uh, go on, go do, do the magical segue to, uh, to Gary V? Well, actually I was going to say that the, that saying what what is the point of it is actually a really good segue to the Gary V material. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually a really, really good place to, well, to yeah. veer. Well, I had I had this idea because like Phoebe, as you mentioned, and Mooncat, you've mentioned in your video as well. But like a lot of like the rise and grind content, the infographics, the videos and all that stuff, they sort of rely on this kind of like vague, hyper personalized language uh that is about like lacks specificity but but its appeal is the lack of specificity right and that is actually like a cornerstone of gary v's content strategy so um that's the that's the magical segue uh but for like people who are like hey what, like who the fuck is gary v or who the fuck is gary vaynerchuk or whatever mooncat um as mentioned you've done a very good video on this it is in the show notes but for people for listeners who uh, haven't seen it. Can you tell us who Gary Vaynerchuk is and what drew you to kind of be interested in him as a character? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you don't know who Gary V is, um, first of all, well done for avoiding learning who he is for such a long time. I mean, he's absolutely everywhere. It seems mm. uh, like on my on my feeds anyway. Um, but he seems to be more sort of famous in the US. Like a lot of time when I talk to other people in the uk they, they don't know who he is um but, but he seems to be very big um over there but basically he's um he's he came up in the space by sort of uh posting a lot of what he would call advice for young entrepreneurs um a lot of very young people who sort of when it comes down to it like all they really want to do is get rich really um mm. And he sort of he he's able to market himself by using the successes of his father's business and in the way that he sort of marketed Wine Library on um, on YouTube in the early days of YouTube. And he did that by making he used his personality a lot. He he made sort of eccentric uh, wine review videos on YouTube. Um, which I think sort of does fit his character very well because I sort of feel like a lot of wine tasting is a lot of bullshit in itself. So I think that sort of like <laughs> ties well into the way he's able to just talk and make everything sound yeah so convincing. Um, but yeah, he 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 did he did very well on the online video space. I think because he's got like buckets of personality, hasn't he? And he's 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 able to be quite quite funny as well um so I, I did enjoy that early stuff from him um mm. 
I just wish that he kind of stuck at it and didn't then go on to his like like his later style of content. I just wish he'd sort of stuck at that, to be honest. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like o- over time, he sort of he realized he was doing quite well with the with the wine tasting videos, and he decided to sort of start sprinkling motivational content in there. Um. At some point, and he started to realize that that was actually doing really well. Um. Mm. Because he's very good at sort of speaking with you know conviction and all of that. Yeah, actually, quick, just a quick caveat, Devin. Can we add a clip in this section with uh, with a Gary Vee thing? For everybody in here who's nowhere close or not at where they want to be, it is absolutely the most cost-effective way to start the process to whatever you want. It is about producing content, producing content at scale for as many platforms as possible. Um. Yes. Yeah, so he started to sprinkle in some motivational content into his video feed on YouTube. And through that, he he did quite well with those videos. And through that, people started to realize that they could, um, that he could do that quite well. So he started getting paid for like speaking gigs and he mm. started to make a lot of money out of that as well. And um, he used the money that he made through that and through selling his first book to put money into um, a lot of tech startups um a wide range of tech startups and one of them was facebook and you know luckily that ended up making him a hell of a lot of money and then since then he's kind of used that to propel his career to new heights by basically telling everyone that he knows how to he knows everything about the online space uh, and about what is the next big thing um yeah he just, yeah, he basically uses that to <laughs> con- convince everyone that he always knows what the best thing is, what the next best thing is. Um, so, yeah, I think he, I think he can, he does manage to separate himself from like other motivational speakers by using that, that USP of um, him being a really good businessman who always knows what the, the next best thing is. Um, you know, so... That's that, that sort of separates him from like the likes of Tony Robbins um, mm. or anybody else who's sort of just selling selling a 10 grand course. Um, he's like, instead he, he charges 10 grand for a, like a 10, 10 minute face-to-face meeting. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, he sort of like shouts at you <laughs> for like the entire time. Uh, and just yeah. like tells you like, yeah, like you, you could like, there's so many, I've, I've also, I was trying to find, <clears throat> I was trying to find, find this video but I'd saw I'd seen of him a long time ago where he is in like a car park and he meets up with like these two guys or like there are these two guys like who are like who work in this kind of company. Um, I don't know. I've, I I think it's they're like wearing kind of like high vis vests and stuff, right? So um, he kind of goes up to them and it looks like they're having lunch and um, like within like a few seconds he's like talking to them about like oh you know you should be making content um, and then like without them even being able to get a word in, he's just like, yeah, you kind of like, you know, you make a video, you cut the video, you put the video on Instagram, you then put, you upload it to Facebook and then like, um, you know, all this type of stuff. And it's like happens so fast. I just think you have to put out content, speed and volume, speed and volume, Facebook, speed and volume. That is huge. <laughs> um, and like the way that, and you're right. Cause he's like, he's filled with like this type of like abundant energy as if he's just like slammed like four monster energies in one go. That is huge. You have to have speed and you have to have volume. And the problem is most people struggle 
with both. <laughs> um, and that's kind of like his his like his like opera like his operating standard. But this is also very much part of like the Gary V character and one that he like has lent into as he's kind of like built this persona up as like you know someone who is very very like aggressive in how he speaks and one who like you know curses a lot, but also one who's very much. I think he like for him he he took the phrase like move fast and break things and like turned it into an entire personality um in because it, despite the lack of like evidence that he's ever sort of moved fast and broke things yeah it's interesting how little interest people like this have in actually breaking anything <laughs> or certainly certainly not <laughs> certainly not breaking or dismantling anything which causes any kind of structural harm also uh, completely separately he's saying i love that i love that you lead such an incredibly kind of clean and wholesome life that the only thing that you can think of that could give you that amount of energy is drinking a monster energy that's <laughs> the only thing there's, no, there's nothing else there's nothing else that you could possibly do <laughs> we're, a family, no, we're a family show we're a family show we're not endorsing any like other chemicals um also like i do i can't i at the age of 30 i can't get through a a, a, like one can of monster energy um like when i was finishing up my book no doubt when i submitted my manuscript like i took i think six half drunk cans of like flat monster from my windowsill because i just could not finish like a single can (laughs) they're they're strong (laughs) and they make me feel hyper and like that was the that was the immediate thing right (laughs) <laughs> I, do, I do have a response to this, but this is like this is yeah. a, this is a this is a free episode, so I'm not going to make it on mic. Okay. Um, but- <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, yeah, I'm a big child. I, but know. I do have I a know. I do have a response to this. So remind me that I need to say yes. that okay. say that right. separately. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's interesting that for all of the talk of breaking things and for all the talk of moving fast and. Because of course, if if you think about what has what have historically moved very fast on the breaking things front, they I mean they've got lots of sort of historical backdrop and lots of kind of boiling up. But uh, once once revolutions get going, they 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 they, they move quite fast because they have to because otherwise they get put down, and they're not interested in even like the kind of the the mildest reimagining of how to kind of structure your kind of working day and working life. It's it's all about it's all about taking taking what they th- deem to be uh, tools which are underused and using them to kind of make lots of money, which sort of, which, which I suppose sort of makes sense. I mean, you know, obviously everyone should be allowed to live on their own terms. It's just it's interesting yeah. how much of the rhetoric is bound up in in breaking stuff and breaking rules, and it's all so incredibly rules bre- rules based it's just it's it's just loophole based mm. like yeah. Mika, Mika, i want to ask you about like um so there's a there's a point in the video where you also talk about how gary sort of separates himself from like other gurus mm. uh because like you know because like you know i think anyone who's sort of familiar with this space and i kind of am because like i think like the rise and grind stuff is not only interesting on like a content level but also like coming from like an immigrant community i also see like lots of young like people in my community who um like find these guys very popular or entertaining mm. while like Gary Vee might not be like the person they go to there are lots of like very evident imitators um in the UK and elsewhere 
who basically adopt like a very similar style and also like a very similar kind of pathway to monetization. Um, but what I wanted to ask was like, well, with these kind of like a lot of the gurus, it's very much the case of like, they'll kind of, they might start talking about, you know, men's rights issues and like all that stuff. And they'll, then they'll sort of go into like gym and motivational content, um, productivity content, but they'll make a course, then they'll make like a Skillshare class and so on. And the whole idea is that you have all this like supplementary content, which leads to like buying into the Skillshare course or the like the book and stuff. Gary V doesn't really do that per se. Like he does give away a lot of stuff for free. And like a lot of his advice is very much like things that are the same, which really amount to like, yeah, just make content, make loads and loads of content. Um, but I wanted to ask in terms of like Gary V, the brand, like, and that transition between being like the guy who was just putting wines online to now like being this sort of like motivational speaker who isn't like who's kind of like anti-motivation at the same time like how how do you sort of conceive of like the gary v brand in relation to this type of like guru space um yeah so he does he does try and separate himself from it um quite explicitly like he he has certain things he says um there's one thing he says all the time where he's like um all of these guys they're telling you what you want to hear for money and i'm telling you what you don't want to hear for free and he sort of tries to put across this message that he's giving out all of his content for free um when in reality he's everything he does it it benefits his own businesses really when you Mm. look into it um it's not benefiting their businesses the people listening to him it's 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 all it's all based around benefiting his businesses um you know for, for instance he'll say things like Oh, are you are you a lawyer? Then you should be thinking about your TikTok strategy. It's like I am always saying this to lawyers. <laughs> it's like if you if you had a lawyer representing you and you like walked into his office one day and you're like, yeah. have you got my my defense case ready? And he's just like stood there <laughs> stood there with a ring light and a smartphone doing a little dance. You'd be like, yeah. I'm I'm going to jail basically. But, <laughs> but like that's that's literally like what he thinks he thinks absolutely everyone can market themselves by posting like 100 times a day on social media but it's like it's it's not realistic for a lot of people like he has an entire media company behind him and 800 members of staff that can all do that for him like how how are his people following him meant to sort of follow in those footsteps for a start Mm. and and even then, does it help? I don't really think it does for for most people. It helps him. But for a lot of businesses, it doesn't help at all to, to just be sort of further spewing out more sort of half-assed content um, yeah. into the online space. It just sort of pollutes it. And I think it's very over-polluted as it is. I mean, we, this is something we are always saying, that there is too much content and it is polluting, like it is polluting stuff. And I think like he's really emblematic of this, but, and this is where I kind of get to this thing about like Gary Vee has sort of reached the same conclusion as like we have on the show to a certain extent where it's like he recognizes that everything is content or everything can be made into content. And I think for like, it, that's no better exemplified than in like the Gary Vee content strategy. <laughs> Um, Devin, can you put a clip here of, uh, there's a, there's, uh, I'll send you the link in case you don't know, but it's basically like the con- I see content right here. Like I see content and maybe I have, a, this is probably my strength. I see content in everything. 
I think you should take a photo of us talking right now and tweet it and be like, Holy shit, I'm doing this with Gary B right now. Yeah. Like, like yeah, I did. I took right? one okay. before you came in. <laughs> but like, there's Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And you know, like, like it, this is New York. You know, like, like I think there's a lot more content. And by the way, I, I think that could be done 15 to 20 times on Twitter, Instagram stories, and TikTok without any cost to the preciousness that is the main reason that everybody can't make 100 pieces of content. Okay. Uh, yeah, like the, the kind of the Gary Vee content strategy and part of that is like this idea that you have to post a hundred like pieces of content a day. Come here to set a very simple framework, content at scale. I believe that every person in this room should produce a hundred pieces of content for the internet every day. Yep, a hundred, I know. And there's people here that post like four times a week. And I was looking into this because uh, I was like, okay, a hundred is like a lot, even like if you're a very like, you know, intrepid social media manager and the way that he kind of conceives it of is like, okay, well, you know, you can do, e you could easily do 50 of those in tweets a day. And I was like, okay, well, as someone who like posts a lot on Twitter, like, okay, I can see where that comes from. And he also like factors in retweets as posts as well. Um, mm. But then he, the, other, the other 50 is like, okay, well you take a picture of like a sunset. He's like, it's not even a sunset. He's like in this video, he's like, yeah, you take a picture of a fucking sunset. Like I don't give a <laughs> shit about sunsets, but you take a picture of a fucking sunset. Um, and then he's like, well, then you kind of like split it, right? And then you take a video of it and you can put that video onto Instagram reels and you can put a shorter video of that sunset onto TikTok and you like use hashtags and like you do hashtag sunset so that people then retweet that. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you're constantly like putting stuff into the ether. And in all these videos, he never sort of explains like, okay, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to sort of like cultivate some type of community? Are you doing this in order to sell a product? Are you doing this to like, you know, even do like base level marketing? He never sort of answers any of these questions. And I think for him, like ultimately what it comes down to is that he recognizes that the more you post, the more exposure you get. Um, mm -hmm. And ultimately it's about like exposure that matters. It's about like, being kind of present and being and when we talk when he talks about like cutting through like the noise it's not cutting through cutting through the noise by like producing something like really good or artistic or like something like a piece of content that's very thoughtful it's literally just like getting as many eyeballs to see you as possible by like gaming the algorithm using like the worst possible impulses you can think of like to really set the tone for everybody the volume the sheer volume of content needed for every individual or business in this room to be successful in a 2019 environment is staggering and nobody's really making the financial or mental or emotional investment into that level of content. And I think that like that really feeds into how Gary V has been sort of been able to like kind of launder himself as well, right? Because, you know, as you mentioned, like this is just a guy who like got very, very lucky during like a like during kind of like an internet boom um where and i i from what i understand like the wine business kind of came just before the dot-com boom or like around about that time but like in this new area era where like you have kind of commerce moving to digital space and then as you mentioned like because he has all this money he can kind of invest in lots of companies and when you invest in that many companies like a few will kind of succeed and you can use that as a way to basically like you know uh uh, tell people that, oh, you know, he's a good businessman, but he's not a perfect businessman. So he's just like everyone else. And like, you know, I take fucking risks. So you should take fucking risks too. Um, but it really obfuscates like his position in all this. And it also means that he's able to kind of like shift between being like a business guru who's like can give legit advice to young people. And, oh, I'm just kind of like a scrappy entrepreneur like you. I didn't come from anything. I didn't have any resources. When, as you've mentioned, like he very clearly did because he did come from like quite a wealthy family. 
um, who had like a million dollar business before he took it over. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. yeah, yeah, and I just and I just kind of wonder like how, in a lot of ways, that feels very familiar to like content, um, like other types of content creators who, or like some types of content creators whose like whole thing is very much like post as much as possible so that like platforms then, you know, like platforms then prioritize you. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily true though, that plat- platforms will prioritize you if you just post loads. I think I think it's definitely getting towards a point where Platforms are starting to realize that posting mm. good quality content will 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 get you sort of good returns in the algorithm because you know I'm doing okay and I barely ever post on YouTube you know yeah because I I put my all into like one piece of content yeah and you know so as it's just not true for everyone I think his content strategy matches his personality style quite well because he will get because he talks he talks for a living that's what he's good at so he'll just get people to film him talking basically and every now and again he'll come out with something that sounds absolutely insane and that's the those are the posts that will go viral um Mm. so that kind of works for him because that keeps him relevant whereas like not everybody is gonna now and again come out with something insane that will go viral on the internet it's just it's completely different like i i'm not that kind of person i'm the kind of person who likes to sort of really sort of do deep research and ensure that what i'm saying is not bullshit before i put it out whereas Um, i feel like he's you know the complete complete opposite (laughs) yeah i like to say whatever comes into my head (laughs) <laughs> and this is why i'm a podcaster and not a youtuber <laughs> well no but the problem is like what you should be doing is you should you should be taking your podcasts and like um animating them and then putting them onto instagram and then putting them onto fucking reels and putting them onto fucking tiktok that's like why your content strategy is failing and that's why like you don't have great you don't have grind grind set how does he um i have a just like a kind of quite sort of practical and probably quite sort of stupid question how does he or in fact anybody in this kind of space account for the fact that nobody who is doing incredibly well professionally or for that matter making a huge amount of money that not one single one of them has ever said and i did it <laughs> through spending 10 grand on one of these masterclasses how do they account for the fact that they don't that apart from their kind of made up kind of testimonials that they don't have any actual kind of concrete success stories to point towards yeah that's always that was always something i've wondered um yeah i just don't think his fans really think about that i just think they sort of look up to gary so much Mm. and they love gary so much that they just think yeah, it's like it's like being able to talk to your idol for ten minutes face to face, isn't it? It's just like yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is also like he's never, and as you've mentioned, like he's never kind of said, "But I'm going to make you rich, or I'm going to like mm. make you successful." Sure. And because he's kind of been, and like he, this is like he's he's far from like the pers- the only person to like you know do this. In fact, like for the most part, people in his space are very careful to be like. I can give you advice or I can give you tips, but like none of this will kind of make you successful just mm. by yourself. You also have to have like, you know, these other things and we're not really going to describe what those other things are. Sure. Um, so what he's very, I think what he's very good at doing and like based on my conversations with like people in my, like, you know, kind of young people in my community who are 
kind of like who watch this type of content and find this content valuable. I think they also go into it like knowing that, okay, like I might not ever get as rich as him and he's not promising anything, but like what he kind of, and like, and I, and I kind of wondered what your thoughts were on this. Just like the idea that like the value in these, in this type of content isn't necessarily like the business strategy because, you know, his kind of content strategy isn't anything like novel or new. Like anyone who spends time online kind of knows that like, yeah, you've sort of got to post like to some degree um, mm. or you still sort of got to, got to put stuff out on the internet if you're going to like get things back. But what he does is kind of like provide like what is very good marketing and positive spin and like optimism to that. So it's kind of like this rhetoric that kind of keeps reinforcing the idea that, oh, you don't need to really think about like your structural conditions or you don't need to really think about like your material conditions or like how that relates to like you as a citizen in a state and stuff. Like what you kind of just need to focus on is you and like you don't owe, you know, you know, you don't owe anyone anything. And like you just kind of need to build this kind of community of like positive reinforcers who like may or may not watch my content, uh, but like they probably do. So it's kind of just like kind of his his purpose in all this is like to reinforce like a positive feedback loop and i don't know uh i don't know what you think about that or like whether um you think there's any validity to that statement um yeah i mean he yeah the the motivational stuff it it really does it's also vague that it's just sort of yeah it does kind of create that positive feedback loop where it's 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 so vague that you know no nobody can ever really truly say oh gary v helped me do this in particular because because you know he never he never really gives any solid advice and and you can tell that like from the content that he uploads himself like people will ask him quite pointed questions about what they need to do with their business and he'll always just sort of go off on a tangent which yeah. isn't true advice but it's it's more just sort of motivational fluff and then he sort yeah. of like in a very sort of politician-like manner, he manages to sort of walk himself out of answering the question quite well. Yeah. I can just imagine like a dentist asking Derek Carey V, how do I improve my <laughs> business? It's like, well, have you thought about using the rig lights that you, or those, you know, those lights that like they shine on you, shine on your mouth. Like, <laughs> have you, have you thought about <laughs> posting lots of pictures of teeth? Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I want to see you on Instagram. I want to see you on TikTok. I want to see you on Reels. Just teeth, 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 teeth. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, you know that thing about like therapists who like, who would like post on TikTok about like their, their patients. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a Gary, that's a Gary V. <laughs> they should be, they should be struck off. Every single one of them should be, should be, should be stripped of their, of their therapist's badge. Uh, I just, I just realized that I literally don't know the name of the, uh, the name of the therapist's body in this country, but there is one. Like you can't the, just, yeah, the BA, you can't, the BACP. yeah, you can't just like say, you can't just say like I'm a therapist and then like start seeing patients. I don't think. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, I mean, oh, maybe you can. I don't know. I know you can definitely just. I know that you can definitely say that you're a life coach. Yes, you can. Although, like, although the Life Coaching Foundation or like whatever, there is actually now like a life coaching body that isn't like officially registered, but is trying to like because of because of how much damage that peep show episode did and also just like the number of like gurus who are advertising themselves as life coaches they are trying to like crack down on that a little bit wait is it so, is it literally because of the episode of peep show because that's I, very I, funny i think i think the peep show episode did factor into it that's very funny <laughs> wow. sorry From that's what, very funny because yeah, I, I know a therapist <laughs> who also like is a licensed life coach and her her reasoning was because 
um, men in particular were very like uh, wary of going to a therapist. But the moment she started saying that she was a life coach, they'll go well, to a life coach. Yes, and that's actually that's I'm really glad you said that because I'm because that's actually uh, that's actually the backdrop to what I was about to say about the popularity of gurus like Gary V. Is that is that quite a lot of like how how you describe it? It sounds like a similar kind of relationship that that young women have with have with influencers and kind of and and stuff which is more kind of around uh, around kind of lifestyle and more structured around the pretense of not pretense but the uh, the kind of the fiction of there being. A sort of close close friendship and close relationship with this person who who doesn't who doesn't know who you are and it's almost it's almost like there has to be this kind of business advice framing in order for in order for young men to to uh, to admit to their loneliness and their want and their need for connection and their interest in like kind of forming these I don't want to use the word parasocial because mm. I th- feel like it's been a little bit overused and now doesn't really mean anything. Uh, so we can sort of put it in the in the filing cabinet marked words that no longer mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's like there's a kind of that there, there has to be this kind of this sort of practical framing around just a yeah. very very kind of a very kind of common sort of relationship that we see being built being built up by a kind of digitally mediated culture. And it sort of doesn't, and sort of what I want to kind of sort of sort of pin it back to is that it doesn't matter that the advice is not useful or not anything that they can actually apply to their lives. It's that there's somebody who seems to be taking an interest in whether or not their lives are going okay. And it's like he wants them to succeed and he wants them to be doing better. And and then that and then that all that links back to how these things just just benefit his own businesses because i don't i don't think for one moment that anybody who is a fan of this of this bloke is actually going away and thinking like okay fine i need to be posting 100 pieces of content a day i don't think that's right because his attitude to to content is i think quite is is an interesting one in terms of in terms of like the direction of generation so he so he thinks that you should be posting content all day long, hundred pieces of content a day, and that is supposed to enhance your your business capacity. It's supposed to enhance your success. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be good for you. But he doesn't quite say sort of for what for what kind of accumulative purpose it has, or what kind of or or, or, or which direct or which direction of travel he's talking about. So is it that the posts are generated by the business, or is it the business are generated by the posts? It's sort of not clear which. It's sort of not clear which way round he's thinking about it. And he's. I mean, he's definitely not saying you should post for your own enjoyment because otherwise he wouldn't be saying, "I don't give a shit about sunset, but other people give a shit about sunset." So I think it's interesting that he looks he looks at posting and content production as a discrete ecosystem and a discrete closed loop of something that you do as an aspect and a factor of a successful life as opposed to being something that either comes out of whatever you're doing as your professional life or for that matter has any particular relationship to your professional life it's sort of it's just it's it's the male version 
of get ready with me videos. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good comparison actually. Mm. Yeah. But the whole like life coach thing sort of appealing to men. Um when I when I investigated Tony Robbins, um when I did some videos on him, I, I've really found that that was that was really at play a lot there. Um, cause when, you know, when someone calls themselves a life coach, it, you know, it sounds almost like sporty, doesn't it? Rather than as opposed to therapist, it, you know, it sounds a lot more manly. It sounds, yeah. you know, and, and, but yeah, but, but the, but the advice that, you know, Tony Robbins would give people is, you know, it's, it's even worse than Gary Vee because it affects their entire lives and not uh. just like the way that they, the way that they do their business and their social media presence, but. Mm. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's certainly worth pointing out that, like, quite a lot of these gurus, like, actually do cause, do cause harm. I mean, I don't mm. know. I don't know the extent to which um, there are kind of documented cases of people taking kind of bad, like, financial advice and and and, and losing a lot of money. I know that in um, sort of moving more into the kind of into the kind of wellness and business space, there are a lot of quite dangerous individuals giving giving genuinely harmful advice and it's very and it's very very hard not to think well these are just these are these are at very best people who are neglectful of their audience and at very worst they are they are bad people yeah well i think what i was going to say was like <clears throat> gary v has so far been able to sort of like be around the edges of this because again like his whole thing is just <clears throat> his whole thing is just like make content um, so he hasn't really had to like put that much at stake. He's not running like a content workshop. He's not like running any type of like guide or you know, that stuff for him. It's just like, Oh, if you have a smart, if you, if you have your fucking smartphone, then like make your fucking Instagram videos and put them onto fucking TikTok and all that stuff. Like that's been his whole thing. But, um, and I think this is like a good place to like, uh, go into like the kind of the final section of this episode. Um, the thing that Gary V has been doing that might kind of land him in a little bit of trouble, depending on how the situation goes is, um, a, there's a little thing called NFTs. Um, so like a lot, like other, a lot, um, in the same way that like other gurus have a, he like Gary V has sort of jumped on the crypto and NFT train for a, like, you know, uh, I don't know how early on he did it. I know that like he's released his own set of NFTs, which are like fucking horrible and like drawn really badly and like are basically kids drawings mooncat can you like you, you've actually looked into this a little bit more can you tell us like what the gary v nfts were <laughs> so yeah i think because the a lot of the early movement around nfts um were literally just jpegs like buying a link to a jpeg there was no sort of utility there so gary came along and saw sort he did see a sort of opportunity there to be one of the first people in the space to actually provide some sort of utility along with the pictures. So like, to be fair to him, the pictures aren't the product. So, you know, he's allowed to make them a bit shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole thing around NFTs, it's it sort of, it's right up his alley in, in terms of like how he sees business because I mean, what you can do with, with NFTs is you, it's, it basically it it represents the sort of monetization of absolutely everything and as a business person being yeah. able to sort of take a cut of profit at every corner out of everything you do and you know now he's telling people like now he's going around telling his fans who were trying to set up like fitness businesses like personal yeah. trainers to sell their contracts to to their customers 
Right. Oh my smart god. Smart contracts. Jeez. I oh for fuck's sake. Okay. So then, the, so then the customer can sell the 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 personal trainer smart contract to someone else, and then and then that person can take a, a cut. So basically, he's advising everyone now, no matter what their business is, yeah. to be to to structure it like a pyramid scheme, basically. Yeah. Because back like in, yeah. Back in my day, you'd go to the gym and you'd work out. Your personal <laughs> trainer would just say, uh, you would would like, you know, say, Oh, you've gotten weaker. Um, that <laughs> sucks, doesn't it? Um, or like, you know, and then like tell you about like, you know, how much they hate their girlfriend. But now it's all like, how's the status of your smart contract? I don't know how smart contracts work, but like that just sounds insane. <laughs> it is, yeah. So like he's basically saying to people, start your personal trainer business and then when the people that you've trained become personal trainers themselves you can then take a cut of their business you could be a landlord oh, yes you can rent seat yeah. on yeah. anything now and that's like his whole that's his whole that's that's the way he sees business just take take a cut of profit wherever you can even yeah. if you're not doing if well, you, even if you're providing yeah. like no value whatsoever because i vaguely remember watching watching gary v episode where Someone like tells him that, oh, like NFTs are really expensive now or cryptos are really expensive now. I wish I'd gotten earlier. What should I do? Because there's so many dud coins. And Gary V, like characteristically speaking over this person is like, oh, well, you know, if you only have a little bit of money, then like you get your friends, you get them to like be a pool of money and you'd be like, I mean, you know, we're going to buy this coin and then this coin like appreciates mm-hmm. and everyone's going to get like, you know, we'll draw up a contract and like you'll run a business where you'll basically be managing this coin and the money will make for it. So like basically something along those lines, right? Um, again, it was very much like not, you know, he what he skirted away from the whole idea of like, you know, take out a bank loan and like, you know, invest in this stuff because like these are kind of really good assets. And like, you know, in the same mm. way that you would kind of like if you would kind of purchase a house or something like he skirts away from that. And by extension, like the responsibility of like if that fucks up. Um, but it's a very Gary V thing to be like, yeah, why don't you get all your mates, like all your friends involved in this like scheme as well? Mm. um to kind of just like reinforce this bet and like crucially like as you've mentioned in like your crypto videos and other types other like crypto related videos like so much of like how people like so much of how like crypto and like nfts are kind of conceived are ones where like it depends on people believing in it and believing in their innate value for it to kind of maintain a value and appreciate um and it sort of seems to be like Gary Vee is kind of emblematic of that side of things. Like there are crypto people who like are aware of the cynicism and like are aware of kind of like the instability of the industry. And for them, it's like, oh, this is the future. So you invest in the future. I don't even think Gary Vee like believes in the idea of the future. I think for him, like the crypto economy is very much like an epitome of how much of his kind of understanding of business has been for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, the whole like nft thing it really yeah it really epitomizes his view of how you should do business because people will you know release ten thousand nfts at a time and as a collection and and they'll just make an ai bot to make certain different like to make each one like a tiny little bit different Mm. and he'll say just like you know invest invest in loads of them and you know maybe one of them will take off and like that's the exact same way yeah one of your used... one of your passionate parrots which is one yes. of his nfts uh, <laughs> could be could be your facebook and you could yeah, also be exactly. giving this speech um yeah. telling people to like make fucking content all the time yeah yeah i mean he's even said himself like oh 98 of nfts will are worthless 
but I, I think it's even more than that. I think it's more like 99.9999999% of NFTs are worthless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same philosophy. It's, it's you know, scattergun your money into absolutely everything. And um, one of these will make you millions and millions. But the thing is, like, his, his followers can't really afford that type of risk, whereas he can afford that type of risk. So it doesn't really translate onto his followers that well. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, like the extent to which uh, that's kind of tied in with the NFT space, because so much of it is predicated along the idea of of decoupling the concept of value from any kind of any material thing. Yeah. So, his, so his advice doesn't have any any iatrogenic value. It just is his advice. Uh, the idea of the, the the post, they don't have any value. They're just a kind of they're just a kind of aspect of one of his one of his kind of te- sort of tenets of of sort of how to live and how to kind of operate successfully. And the idea of ninety nine percent of NFTs being worthless, and then one of them is worth something, and then one percent is worth something. The worth is it's it's as much of a house of cards as as the value of the advice of, of the advice of gurus it's it's all part of the same well this has this has worth because i say that it does it's all part of the same closed loop and mm-hmm. um and it's the same thing with the idea of of posting but not posting about anything just anything you see that's just a post in order to kind of i suppose the idea is to uh is to operate at a kind of a kind of visibility saturation um, so that if people just see you just all the time, sooner or later, one of them one of them lands, and it doesn't matter if ninety nine out of the hundred posts don't land. There's the one post that does, and it's the same, and it's the same kind of almost sort of arbitrary, um, sort of floating value signifier that that work that works in the NFT space as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think it's like in that way, it's also like very classic posting too, where it's just like you know a lot of the time your post won't pick up, but like the one that does will kind of like pick up in quite a major way. And like, you'll kind of give you indicators of like what works and what doesn't. Um, and you can kind of see that. I think like anyone who sort of just like posts casually is like aware of that and is aware of like, oh, if I want to get numbers, then like, you know, I just have to do something like this or like this very low energy tweet that can yield quite a high result. And I think with the NFT space and with the Gary V space as well, like not that they're kind of particularly interchangeable. I think like he kind of, just like works in that format anyway he sort of has done so many posts in his life that he knows like what works and what doesn't mm. and he's going to like continue doing those and double down and triple down on those and encourage other people to sort of do the same and like what's interesting about that because i think about that it just in relation to like you know those types of like linkedin flex posts that you see all the time right like the ones where they have like the single line spacing and his things you know those types of like inspiration business stories um mm. that you see and like you see them on twitter from time to time as well about like you know how to like grow your how to kind of like grow your social media business and volumes and everything and they do it in the same format but it's like I, i'm not saying it's a, like it comes from gary v but it's a very gary v style post and i think it like like the reason why you see why they're so prevalent and why they're taking up so much space on the internet is just because like a few people in that space realize that oh this stuff like goes viral really fast and you don't have to put that much energy into it and you don't have to put like that much like attention or time into it um 
And like, I think that, like on certain platforms that works really well. I think Georgia, like Georgia, as you mentioned, um, like that stuff is going that like that stuff seems to be changing on certain, in certain places. Like, and I was actually very interested to ask you, like as someone who like creates stuff on YouTube, but also has to see a lot of, I imagine like lots of kind of like these quite obvious MLM scams, pyramid schemes on YouTube and being shopped on YouTube. How has like the platform kind of changed for you in terms of like interacting with like those types of creators versus like your content? Um, yeah, I mean, back when Gary Vee started on YouTube many, many years ago, um, the way that the platform prioritized videos in the algorithm was like completely different. And he managed to sort of break through in the, on this website where barely anybody was posting a lot, but he was. Mm. And that like worked for him for sure. But they changed their algorithm at some point to really prioritize like watch time on videos. Mm. So if if you can keep someone's attention on one video for a long time now, that's really good for YouTube um, because it keeps them on the YouTube site for longer. Whereas it used to be all that mattered was how many people were clicking on your video and that was mm. it. And YouTube like eventually came to realize that this was creating a website full of like really good thumbnails. And that was about it. Like the right. actual content was just awful and people were clicking off the website straight away. And I, yeah, I think people have started to realize that, that they need to actually make the content good now and they need to get their watch time up. Mm. And, but Gary, like he never really mentions this at all. He doesn't mention ever that the, the value of your content should be good as long as you're posting whatever crap you can think of it's it's fine um whereas I don't I don't agree with that at all like I, I don't know if you follow Gary on on any of your feeds but like as as soon as one of his video comes up like f for me like I'll, I'll see like a few seconds of it and I'll notice that he's just you know spouting the same old crap again and I'm like this is yeah. boring and I'll just like skip I don't like, yeah nothing new. So when I was like interested when I was like looking into like the inspiration motivation like that type of space a few years ago when I was working at a magazine like um one like the immediate things that I found was like once I watched a couple of Gary V videos they just like filled my feed like really fast so like for months I just had like Gary V recommendations and it took ages to kind of like curtail that <laughs> um and i think a lot of that was just because of like how because he's producing so much content and like those content exist that that type of content exists in different networks like it's very easy for it to like kind of slip through into your recommendations um mm. that's kind of only like an observational kind of like i don't know about the technical components of that um but where i find it more commonly seen is it being shared by people that i know who don't necessarily understand the context of it so like I have family members and I have like friends from school and stuff who like aren't particularly or like who aren't online to a degree that like any of us are or like any of our listeners probably are. Um, and they'll kind of come across a Gary Vee video, which um, might be like, you know, it's like one of those classic generic Gary Vee videos. Like, you know, I came from like hard times and like all that stuff. Right. Um, and like, you know, here are like, you know, these kind of tips to, uh, you know, make your life better and all that stuff. And they kind of go super viral and it's not just Gary Vee it's like definitely it's not even Tony Robbins either it's like a lot of these people who you see like are imitating the Gary Vee style 
of posting, but like are doing so in a way that may not necessarily be as aggressive or energetic, but they definitely say the same type of stuff. So what I find like the problem or like the legacy of Gary Vee's stuff isn't necessarily like his impact as a business person or as even a motivational speaker. It's that he's kind of like enshrined a particular style that is very, very easy to imitate. So even if you're not watching Gary Vee, like it doesn't take you that long to watch content that is definitely at least within his orbit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I've definitely noticed a lot of people, yeah, comment, like copying that style of content for sure. Um, you know, which probably means that his influence has been quite, quite successful in that sense. Um, <laughs> I mean, like one, I mean, like what the other kind of caveat question I was going to ask you uh, was also like, you know, we've seen with like certain influences, how their fans and followers have kind of like, you know, in, in certain cases have sort of separated from them or like distanced themselves from them after they kind of realize that like, they're not gonna, you know, the lifestyle, like it not, no, it's not just like they won't ever sort of get the same lifestyle or like a similar type of lifestyle, but also that as these creators have sort of set these boundaries of like, you know, their personal lives and their fans and everything, that whole, and you know, I'm going to use the cursed word again, the whole like parasocial element of it, like diminishes. Um, but like, I think even though some of the, there are similarities in the kind of motivation space with that, i.e. that these gurus are trying to kind of at least imply to their followers and listeners and everything that they can achieve like the same type of success as they can, if they can just like apply themselves to it. But I kind of wonder whether like the condition, like the material conditions of today, um, economic conditions and so on. And there's just the fact that like even the most kind of rise and grind people um, or like very, like people who were very, very kind of like buying into the whole rise and grind thing and now sort of realizing that it's a bit of a sucker's game. How that, how you think that might influence like the relationship people like Gary Vee have to their followers or even just like people within that space have towards their followers and listeners for whom I imagine like that relationship is much more important in order for the content to keep flowing. Yeah. Um, from the comments on, on my Gary Vee video that there has actually been a lot of people saying I used to follow Gary and then I came to realize that it's you know there's no substance there really to what he's saying um yeah and I think people are like waking <laughs> up to it for sure um mm. but also you know he's still got a very very loyal fan base at the same time but I think as time goes on, people are going to get bored of his style of content. Well, that's what I hope anyway. But um, I don't know. There's always an endless stream of people looking for that kind of thing on there. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a grift as, as old as time. Mm. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it is yeah. true. It is true. Um, Phoebe, as someone who's like newly, newly, um, uh, newly ordained into the Gary V cult, mm. um, yeah, what do you think? Are you gonna get bored of him anytime soon? No, I don't think I am. Do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> last last year when I got really obsessed with John McAfee and started going around telling people about how many <laughs> about how many people he'd like killed specifically in in plane crashes, or like I how many people that. like he was like responsible for the deaths deaths of in like yeah, various ridiculous kinds of light aircraft and um. And then I went, to, that. <laughs> I went to I, a, yeah. a friend's wedding um, and because this was like when things had just opened up. So this was my first like large social gathering in a lot, 
in like a long time yeah. and I like collared someone I didn't know and started telling them about John McAfee so uh, this is the, the, I I have a feeling <laughs> that this is this is going to be a similar situation yeah you're gonna like consume loads of Gary V videos and I'd then like him yeah. I think he's got I think he's got an energy then yeah then at my wedding in a couple of months you're gonna like corner everyone and tell them about your favorite Gary V absolutely moments. me and the aunt <laughs> me and the aunties yeah, that's what like, we're gonna yeah. be talking about you can corner my cousin who's a dentist and you can be like, look, what yes, you need to do yes. is put to make TikTok videos of rotting teeth in jars. Yeah, show me the reels of, of the teeth. I need to see the teeth. <laughs> the teeth, the teeth. Um, yeah, I, I just know, I think there's something, I think there's something, I mean, there's, I think there's something quite, quite villainous in all of this. Um, and I think anything, anything <sighs> which is a sort of, markers itself as a sort of, a sort of guru space. I, I find something quite, unnerving um i don't think it's i don't think it's i don't think it's good culturally or socially i think it's probably quite i think it's probably quite damaging to people's sense of connection and people's sense of self and i think it makes people far less likely to want to make uh sort of formal whether organizing or even just kind of normal sort of social connections yeah. within the within the kind of the real communities around them and i think that's a bad thing as a kind of it's sort of in in its totality, but I do find something quite. I is it charming? I'm not sure charming is the right word for it, but something something pleasing about the idea of this person whose whose advice is is so structured around this idea of content creation, and yet all of his suggestions for content creation are so old fashioned. And so incredibly, yeah. and so incredibly yeah. dated, <laughs> and and I think this is like, and I think that really exposes how difficult it is actually to give any kind of formal content strategy advice to anyone, because the because the the truly the the, the truly easily influenced by by posts, the true the, like the real the real the real posters, uh, it's 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 too late by the time you formulated the advice, it's it's already. It's already cringe. It's, already, it's, it's, already cringe. it's already cringe. Although having said that, are we now again back to the closed loop idea? Are we now on a closed loop and posting a sunset and hashtagging it sunset? Are we now in the second prong of of that as a content strategy? So the diff so you have two posts next to each other. One is a hashtag that says sunset, and the other is a hashtag that says sunset. And the and they are both identical pictures, but one has 4,000 layers of, um, of self-conscious, self-fictive irony in it. And the other one is just a picture of a sunset with a discoverable hashtag attached to it. So maybe that's, maybe that's where his next, um, his next audience should be, should be thinking about. He should be thinking about uh, trying to do exactly the same stuff, but it's supposed to be a joke. But you can't tell that it's a joke unless you know every single thing that the person who is making the joke thinks about everything else. I think that might be his. That should be his next, his next step. I had something else to say about Gar about Gary before we close off, but I can't remember what it was. Um, so keep keep talking, and I will remember. And I will <laughs> I, remember. I, was, I, I was just going to say this is really good. Like this might I, I, we should clip that and send it to Gary as like your. Um, <laughs> resume so then you can be like social media manager at like vayner vayner media yeah right? and your whole thing can be like post loads of old stuff but do it as a bit mm. don't let people know it's a bit and also don't be sure if it's a bit yourself 
Yeah. Um, and he'll like just claim that you're a genius and he'll fly you to New York and like you'll get to go be in one of his like really weird BTS, like his really weird like behind the scenes videos with like all the jump cuts and he can yell at you about like, you know, taking pictures of sunsets. I think that'd be great. I think that's nice. I think that'd I think, be nice. Yeah, <clears throat> I had like one more question to close off, which I think is like, um, and again, it's about like creators and it's about like how, I mean, as, as like, um, platforms sort of kind of reckon with the idea of being like what like, what their relationship is to creators in like a more substantial way. I wonder whether like the Gary V model of content creation, which just sort of seems to be like take one thing and chop it up as much as you can into like some like monetizable pieces and monetize the shit out of every one of them. I wonder if that like how that kind of comes into conflict with like, you know, a mooncat like people like you who like make, you know, very well researched in depth and like very highly produced videos or like other types of creators who are doing like a lot of like a lot of the work of content creation, whether that's like making video essays or music videos and so on. Um, I wonder whether there's going to be like what, what you think about um, the kind of not not necessarily the future of content because that's like too much. But I wonder whether you think there's going to be a kind of conflict or a confrontation between like different types of content creators and how they view the process of making content as a form of labor. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, yeah, I think there's to be honest, I think there's always going to be space for both types of content creators because I think they do attract very different audiences. I think I attract a very, very different audience to Gary Vee anyway. And, um, you know, the people that want to watch my content are looking for something, you know, well thought out and in depth. Whereas the people wanting to watch his content just want sort of a, a quick rush of endorphins. And like, that's, yeah. that's probably about it, you know? So there's probably always yeah. going to be space for both of those types of content so to be honest i don't really see them ever sort of conflicting with each other or having to interact with each other much mm. well yeah. i mean i was going to say that i came across you after watching uh, a gary v uh seminar about mm. uh about, <laughs> about how to uh about how to supercharge your brand and what i was going to say to you is have you considered turning your music into uh hyper pop uh songs <laughs> for tiktok <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that into Instagram and put it into TikTok. Yeah, it's all about that. No, we need to end the show. We need to end the show. So, um, Phoebe, you were going to say something. Do you want to like say it and then Dev, if we can splice it in? Yeah, sorry about, sorry about this, Dev. It's just like, I literally just remembered what I was going to say. That is the last, th I promise you, this is the last thing I'm going to say about my new best friend, Gary V. <laughs> and it was something that I, something that like kept occurring to me when I was watching, not just your, uh, not just your video essay, but also his, but his content as well is the thing that it reminded me the most of was uh you know a little you know in kind of recent recent months uh, there's been quite a kind of ramping up of um of trad hostility to stuff like OnlyFans um, like obviously trad hostility to uh to sex workers is like it's that's like you know thousands of years old but but specifically to the kinds of relationships that are uh, the kinds of relationships that are sort of fostered by only fans creators with their with their fans and the and what the and what the trads have to say about it is that this is this is sort of tricking lonely vulnerable men out of their money with the you know with the kind of the with the false fiction with sort of false fictional promise of uh of a real relationship of of sorts with the person who is who is creating the content 
But this particularly business guru space stuff, that reminds me of that, in, in fact, in a much more damaging and much more kind of obvious way. But nobody seems to be concerned about vulnerable young men being taken advantage of by business gurus when actually the material losses are far more significant and far more easy to easy to point to and i just think it's 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 interesting because to my mind it's a much more suitable analogy than only fans creators and yet it kind of slides under the radar yeah i mean it probably just comes down to general misogyny oh yeah no no it? i mean it's, it's, defi- <laughs> it's definitely just misogyny i just think it's i just think it's interesting that 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 nobody's kind of made that sort of kind of logical connection mm. with like this is this is like the only fans of this is like the, this is like business only fans yeah that's, that's a really good point actually mm. <laughs> yeah it, it can be a lot more damaging especially when you know people are sinking literally 10 grand into Gary V whereas on OnlyFans you're only sinking maybe you know five quid per month on someone yeah so, yeah um okay so on that note uh we should probably end because we are running a bit out of time so Mooncat thank you so much for coming on we really enjoyed it um we did reference your video a lot and that will be in the show notes but if people want to like follow the stuff that you're doing uh and what you're up to how can they do that yep you can find me on YouTube at Mooncat which is just spelled M-U- n-e-c-a-t or you can find all of my links on mooncat.com uh yeah those will all be in the show notes uh you can follow us at 10k postpod on twitter.com follow me at hkismani on twitter.com uh where i turn all my tweets into uh insta insta reels tiktoks uh <laughs> uh <clears throat> god i don't know what else is new these days um like i i don't know <laughs> fuck it just all yeah all the apps all the just follow me on all the apps uh, if, if, if people want to follow you how can they do that you can follow me on you can follow me on some of the apps i'm not on tiktok i'm too elderly yeah uh, you're on yik yak which is another i am what you can find me on yik yak uh you can find me on mention uh you can find me on gabba uh i'm not very popular there but you can find me there. you can find me there um I don't really have anything to plug. If you'd like to listen to me and Milo's Seinfeld podcast, that's Masters of Our Domain. And you can find um, the episodes and uh, other stuff that we're doing at Masters of Pod on Twitter. Uh, We've got our um, monthly film corner at the moment, which is Hussein talking about Tenet or rather rather Hussein like – literally just like losing faith in his favorite film halfway through uh, so if you'd like to if you'd like to listen to that that's uh that's all available yeah it's being, black, being blackpilled in real time yeah. uh definitely a treat uh this show is produced by devon you can follow them at devon underscore on earth and you can also listen to their podcast kill james bond uh that should all be in the show notes as well um, I think that's it. For, no, we have one more thing, which is that uh, we this is a free episode. We do have bonus content on uh, our Patreon. Uh, you can follow us at patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast. Uh, one bonus uh, episode a month uh, with some added extras coming pretty soon. So uh, sign up to that. I think until next time. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.